Welcome to the Keeping It Simple podcast with Tanika Butler, the podcast that brings clarity to the Word of God by keeping things simple and shifts Christians from looking like the culture to living as disciples. Whether you've been saved your entire life or accepted Christ yesterday, this is a space for you. So get ready to be encouraged and equipped to thrive. Hey y'all, welcome to the Keeping It Simple podcast. I'm your host, Tanika Butler, and I'm glad you stopped by. So today I am, of course, joined by my unofficial co-host, Hashtag Producer Bay. What? What are we doing today? What what kind of introduction (laughs) is that? (laughs) I should have brought in the anointed one introduction. You'll have a chance here in just a second. Because we have a special (laughs) guest today joining us. On the podcast, who can be referred to as the anointed one? Okay, we could do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we have joining us none other than the Miss Natalie Dyer. Hello. (laughs) How are you, Natalie? I am well. So first, thank you for joining us on today's very special episode. Before we tell the people, we appreciate you coming on. And so now, to tell the people why we have three instead of two, today we are tackling an important topic. Well, two important topics. Um, And that is depression and anxiety. And a lot of people, I feel like I could say everybody at some point deals with depression and anxiety, but somebody out there say, I'm never depressed, I'm just a little sad sometimes. And we're going to get into that. But I didn't just want... Jeremy to play expert as we talk about depression and anxiety today. Jeremy is also a producer bay for those that don't know him by his real name. That is my real government name, but that we don't give out in, in real life. It's Jeremy? Yeah. Oh no, it's on it's every Rock. no. It no? literally says follow Jeremy Butler. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have <laughs> to do better. I have to I have to do better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I hope this is not protection. I thought I was moving like 007 out here in these streets. (laughs) Your cover's been blown. (laughs) But we wanted an actual expert on the show today as we tackle depression and anxiety. So can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Give your credentials so they know I didn't just bump into you at Walmart and say, come join the cast. Yeah, but you could have. (laughs) Hello, I am Natalie Dyer. I am a licensed professional counselor supervisor. Um, I've been practicing for over 20 years. Um, I do lots of therapy all day long. So that makes her credentialed and qualified in addition to the anointed one as we played earlier as her introduction. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. So, what... Oh, I thought you. I thought you took breath to say something. Nope. We're ready to go. Yeah, we're in. I'm All locked right. in. And so, I, and I don't want to do the fool today. So I'm. I'm. I'm really listening. Hey, because we have a guest. I'm professional. Unprofessional, or <laughs> I'm professional. <laughs> They're very well, closely. Get your, get your child, Lord. <laughs> Proceed with the interview. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So I know once upon a time. I can't speak for all communities, but especially in the black community, therapy was that thing that I don't need therapy. I just need Jesus. I just need to pray. And 
I'll be fine once I go to church. Do you feel, and I feel like over probably within the last decade or so that more and more people have gone to therapy or they feel like it's okay. Do you feel that it's been a major shift and therapy is more widely accepted and kind of promoted? Or do you feel like mm, still a long way to go? Um, I do feel like it's still a long way to go. However, I do believe that we've um, welcomed it a bit more. The stigma still remains um, in the African-American culture in particular, um, because we do have the, um, the, un the understanding or the thought process that uh, we can go and we can talk to our family members about our stuff, or we can talk to our girlfriends or our guy friends or the neighbor, mm -hmm. even about the things opposed to going and speaking to a professional. Because in our culture, that's for other cultures to right. do. I won't say it like it's right. typically said. Um, so it's not um, fully accepted, um, but I do believe, and I think that that stops at a certain age, though. I think there's a certain age demographic that is definitely more welcoming of mental health therapy, but the older um, generations kind of push it away still mm -hmm. for various reasons. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, moving into our topic, well, I just wanted to kind of get that one out there because it's just always a major thing with therapy is good. Like, therapy is okay. Therapy is for everybody, yeah. not just the crazy cousin. And I do want to add back to what you were saying before in regards to our spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, in Christianity, in, again, the African-American culture in particular, um, there has been the stigma brought from society into the church. And that is that wow. just need Jesus. And we do. We need Jesus for absolutely every single thing. But we need the cardiologist for our heart. Right. And we need the podiatrist for our foot. Wow. And we need mental health therapists to help us with our thoughts, with our with our mental health, with our emotions, with our um, the struggles that we have in our relationships. We need the expertise of people that have been skilled and trained to do that work along with Jesus. You know, and I, I'm glad you said that because I actually thought about this, I think maybe a couple of years ago when it was time for my yearly women's exam. Mm -hmm. It's like, what if the same way we schedule our yearly eye exam, our yearly physical and everything else that when you head out of getting your eyes checked and head out of your well check visit, you go to your yearly therapist checkup yes. if you are not one that's going regularly. Just... For a checkup, yeah, a tune-up. I think that would be ideal. It would keep us ahead of our issues, mm -hmm. you know, and we are not um, bulldozed by life because right. we have a better grasp on some things prior to us even experiencing them. Or it helps us, helps, it would help us with our response mm -hmm. to certain things, mm -hmm. again, opposed to being bulldozed by life because life can be hard. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so depression and anxiety before we go all the way around and be like, oh, we forgot to talk about depression and anxiety. Okay, so question number one. What is the difference between just being sad versus, no, you're probably depressed and it's probably deeper than sadness? Because mm -hmm. I know there are people that will say, well, I'm not depressed, I'm just a little sad. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people that are like, I'm depressed not depressed or just a little sad so how do you how can you tell the difference sadness is actually a part of depression 
there's certain criteria that we use in making a diagnosis mm -hmm. um, when we use our Diagnostic and Statistical Manual oh, Edition <laughs> 5. Wow. <laughs> And um, that's, that's when I was ready for the, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'm over here being, I'm over here being so drawn in. I just stopped doing <laughs> everything that I was doing. I was like, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus. But we do use this manual in order to, um, to see if a particular client meets the criteria for the diagnosis. So with depression, again, there can be sadness. Mm -hmm. However, there's specific symptoms that we look for, and they have to have been experienced for at minimum of two, of two weeks. Okay. So um, it can be change in um, desire to do things that you ordinarily would want to do, mm -hmm. uh, change in appetite, uh, eating more, eating less, change in sleeping, eating, uh, sleeping less or sleeping more. Those symptoms have to be... Um, experienced for at least a two-week period. Okay. Um, again, sadness is a part of that. But then when we deal with life, there are just certain things in life that do make us sad, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but again, sadness is a part of depression. If it hasn't been two weeks and you've experienced all of those symptoms, then the diagnosis of depression doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. um, wow. But if it has been over those two weeks and over that two-week period, then the um, diagnosis is for you. So what would you say to the person that's listening? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, man, like I'm at two weeks in a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what should they do? Who should they reach out to first? Yeah, um, therapy is always in order, mm -hmm. you know, even if there's not something wrong, mm -hmm. you know, in life. I feel like it's necessary to have a person that is unbiased. They have no emotional skin in the game in your life. Um, and they don't mind sitting right. with you, talking with you, helping you process mm -hmm. the things that you are experiencing in your life to give you a different perspective. Um, reach out to your therapist. If you have medical insurance, you can call your medical insurance provider. They can give you a list of therapists in your area. You can Google if there are certain criteria that you want your therapist to meet. If you want a female, if you want them to be African-American, if you want them to be Christian, those certain things you can uh, filter all of the therapists in your area. So often we'll hear a professional that may say, after the person has determined, okay, it's been over two weeks, and I actually feel like I do meet these requirements. And they go in, and they see a professional like yourself, and you may say, well, I feel like you, and, and you wouldn't say I feel like you, because of course you have the markers and all that, but it could be depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. How does, is is there... Is anxiety always coupled with it, or do you see a lot of times where the person can be experiencing both at the same time, definitely. or can they be separate sometimes as well? Yeah, they can definitely be separate. Okay. Um, however, anxiety and depression look very similar. Mm -hmm. I know typically when people um, that don't know talk about it, there's a, there's a thought that they are vastly different, but right. they are not. Um, in regards to diagnosing it, however, anxiety symptoms have to be present for about six months, though, mm -hmm. wow. which is a much longer period of time mm -hmm. than the two weeks for the, uh, for the depression. But some of those th same things can be in place. However, with anxiety, it's an, um, an over-worry. You know, mm -hmm. there's certain things that happen in life that we all have a bit of worry about. Mm -hmm. But with anxiety, it's an over-worry. It's a, uh, you know, ruminating thoughts. It's just... Um, kind of weighing you down um, and anxiety and stress are different things too, but there can be stress and anxiety 
as well. So it's uh, um, it can weigh you down. It can be like carrying um, carrying a weight. Whereas with depression, people might feel like they are kind of pulled on, but with anxiety, people feel like something is being set on them. Mm. So that's a bit of a difference. Anxiety is the thing that kind of stirs like your panic attacks when you kind of, they mirror the heart attacks and you have to go to the ER and you think you're having a heart attack and they're like, no, it's a panic attack. Yes, yes. But panic attacks and anxiety attacks are different. Oh, yeah. Lord. Can we, can we, can this we is get like a that? rabbit hole. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah. what? Okay. So if you're at, if you go to the ER and they're like, well, no, you're having a panic attack, is that typically induced by anxiety or it could be something compl- like, what's the difference between it can be um, anxiety uh, driven? So anxiety attacks are. Or just that they're just they're worried um, about whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. life. But anxiety in and of itself is a worry about a futuristic thing. Right. Um, Mm. Knowing that you've lost your job and your mortgage is due for the next six months, Mm -hmm. worrying about how you're going to be able to pay your bills Mm -hmm. for the next six months. The panic attack is where you can't breathe. Um, palms are sweaty, heart is racing, and it does feel like, it can feel like a heart attack. Um, and you're stressed about, that's another difference. Mm-hmm. Panic is more stress related, but it still can be a part of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I do feel like this is a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- that's kind of the difference mm-hmm. between the two, if that makes sense. In, in the spiritual sense, I often hear that it, it, it starts spiritual and it manifests in the natural. I don't know if you've heard that before, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that's something that preachers say, <laughs> right? Um, and then they'll find something in scripture that says the manifestation of X, Y, Z. How spiritual is some of the stuff that we're talking about, right? Is, the, is there any linkage there? I completely believe that there is fully. Um, because we are spirit beings living in natural bodies, Right. So our natural bodies are experiencing these things, but our spirit, you know, is um, if connected with Christ, if our, our spirit ought to be responding to that mm-hmm. thing in a different way. But our bodies, uh, our natural side kind of takes over. We're at so war our, all exactly, the time. All the time, you know, so our bodies uh, battle against our spirit. And I think that that's right in between there. It's where these things come in. Uh, where depression comes, anxiety comes, and everything else that we deal with mentally comes in there. What could throw it in the spiritual warfare Most definitely. category? Most definitely. I think that. Wait, and which is probably why where that stigma of, well, I just need to go to church mm-hmm. came from, but they were like, they went too far left mm-hmm. with it. Well, yeah, you need to go to church, but God made people like you yeah. that are equipped. To help you get out of. And I think that church is easy. You know, Um, we know how to do, we know how to do church. Yeah. You know, you can go uh, sing the song, clap your hands, shout if you shout, speak in tongues if you speak in tongues, hear the word and go on to the house. Right. But when it, when it comes to doing therapy, therapy requires you to actually process through the stuff. You have to talk about the stuff. Pull back all of the layers of the things. Right. Um, deal with maybe childhood trauma or trauma in your relationships or 
just your mood that's not as balanced as you thought that it was. All of those things have to be discussed in therapy. At church, you get to sit in the pew. Right. You know, and not have to do the work. And say amen. And not do I have to do the work at all. Nobody knows. Oh Lord. Woo boy, are you preaching today. <laughs> right. And and I and I I can say that because when I ran up against the wall, right? And when I um was facing something that was bigger than me. I was going to church. I was serving in ministry. You were a preacher. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a preacher, right? <laughs> well, no, because and, I think that's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You you're know right. the word. It's not. Yeah, yeah. And and I came to you, and I was like, "Look, you, your boy needs some help. Can you <laughs> can you refer me to someone?" Right? And you sent me to someone. And I have been saying this. She this, referred you to someone. What did I say? I missed she that. She sent you to someone. She's an apostle. Of <laughs> <laughs> mental. So, Hallelujah. Because the ball so, was still in your court. She couldn't make you go. You still. <laughs> okay. You referred me to someone, and I've been working with my therapist since August 2021. And to your point, it's easy to do church. It's easy to come in, sit down in the pew, and I can attest to, like, inner work is hard. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, like sitting in stuff, processing information, having owning someone, yeah, owning it and like calling it a spade, a spade, yeah. calling it what it is. No, if if it stank, that means it's probably boo boo. You know what I'm saying? Like that means something. <laughs> something. Else came. No, no other no, thought no, came. No. With that. Nope. <laughs> well, it resonated with someone. I'm sure. <laughs> so, inner work is hard. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's like lifting weights. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You, you do all of this, this weightlifting and, and you feel the burn afterward, but the end result is you're stronger. And so that's, that's, that's what I hear you saying when, when you're like, no, church is easy. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's so easy. Healing is painful. Mm. You know, um, I, I was telling someone this the other day. I had broken my toe my senior year in high school running the class because I was running late and I was a girl that wore heels to school. Don't judge me. <laughs> judge your mama. Judge, judge your, your mama. mama. <laughs> you been super fancy. <laughs> my whole life. But I did not have my toe looked at until 2015. Wow. I had to have surgery because I could not wear heels anymore. Wow. Right? And so I waited all of that time. And then when they did the surgery, my doctor said, ah, this is going to be painful. And boy, I mean, it was so painful. I had to wear the shoe, the whole nine. That wasn't cute. God help me. Um, And I had to work, you know, go through all of that. Then I had to do physical therapy, too, on a broken toe. Whereas ordinarily, you wouldn't have to go through all of that. But I waited so long because I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to go through that process. Then it was more painful. Then, Let me ask you this. Why did you choose all that time later? Why didn't you just say, you know what? I've dealt with this this long. I'll just ride this wave and be done. Why did I wait? No. Why did you decide to do it? Because I couldn't wear heels anymore. Okay. Vanity. Yep. (laughs) You you couldn't wear heels out of need or out of just choice? Like, were you just in so much pain? Right. I couldn't put the heel. I couldn't walk anymore because my foot hurt too bad. So something had to break or be broken or be messed up before you Came to preach. the conclusion of yeah. <laughs> it's in the bag. I'm cooking. Hold on, let me cook. Let me cook. He's doing all this and he's gonna forget. <laughs> now, 
forgotten. <laughs> no, but something had to break in order for you to realize. Some work had to be done. Yes. Yes. Um, and I feel like a lot of clients that come, like even on our intake form, mm -hmm. it says, you know, uh, why did you seek therapy now? And without fail, there is something that has happened, some issue that has um, happened in their life, or they feel a certain way. They mm -hmm. feel depressed. They feel anxious. They feel nervous about a thing, uh, or some mm. life issue has transpired for them. Mm -hmm. So now, oh, let me go see a therapist. Right. Opposed to, like you were saying before, why not just have this on a regular rotation like we right. do other things? Right. Yeah, something was broken. That was me. <laughs> right? Like, why is your hand? And right? then, yeah. <laughs> Well, we got five, but yeah, <laughs> we did that too. I got five on it, but not, not like a literal five on it. Looney's shout out, but something for me, like it, it broke. Right. And I actually encourage people that I know to go to therapy, like when it's something bigger than them. And then a lot of times what I say is, man, I wish I had done this sooner. Yeah. You know, like I didn't need my life to end up. Mm -hmm this way you know what i'm saying like and so it's just have a, to run into the wall right like you could have avoided right. could have avoided it. the wall yeah for sure for sure i think so many things happen in our lives um that are so weighty that we overlook you know we have traumas in our childhood right and if we have parents that have the thought that therapy is not for us then we're not going to go to therapy then mm -hmm. but you know what you experienced mm -hmm. and so at some point you have uh access to somebody that could help you Right. You know, get beyond this so that the rest of your life is better. Yeah. But we make the same choice that our parents may have made. That's and real. And not go. And then life happens. Life was life. And, right. and then right. we get bombarded. And that elephant sitting on our chest or that weight is pulling us down. And That's real. I need to go talk to somebody now. That's real. Because when I told my mom I went to therapy, she was like, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what's wrong? She, you know, my, and my mom, uh, I got, it was, I got, it was yeah. Like, she, she made what's jokes. Wrong? Because after... <laughs> I remember we were <laughs> visiting and he's like, yeah, no, I can't do it at that time. Cause I have, I have my session with my therapist. Mm -hmm. You still seeing that shrink. <laughs> I feel like, like she said something fam. like that. And the kids were like, cause we, cause we, what's wrong with we, daddy? What's wrong? Well, <laughs> no, they, <laughs> we, we are advocates of therapy. Mm -hmm. And so nobody in our family, like nobody in this house is like, no, I can't. Like therapy is not a taboo thing here. And so the kids know, well, so Elisha originally thought when he was going to therapy that he was going to physical therapy oh. <laughs> because that's the therapy that he knew of. So he's like, well, why? Dad needs therapy. And so it, it wasn't until like 10 minutes into the conversation that I figured out what he, because he was so devastated. I was like, well, your dad can't go because he has his therapy Something session. wrong with his legs. He was like, well, what? <laughs> He's in therapy? I said, yeah, he needs that too. And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, a lot of people need to go to therapy. Oh. Then he came back and he was like, so is he okay? I said, yeah, he's okay. He's just, you know, talking it out, you know, going to therapy. But what did he hurt? <laughs> I said, oh, no, no. <laughs> I said, no, he's not in physical therapy. That's physical therapy because mm -hmm. he, no, he remembers his sister going through physical therapy for an injury. And so right. I was like, no, he's just, 
you know, talking to get things squared away, you know, make sure his mental health is good, make sure he's a better dad around it, like just all that stuff. Like you said, that it's a generation of people that it's still taboo. And when as soon as you said earlier that there is a, a generation that is more accepting to it, I knew you were talking about like the younger generation yeah. that's coming up because they're – it's all about self-care. It's all about my peace. Mm-hmm. It protecting my peace. Yes. I'm protecting my space. Now, that can go way exactly. too far. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whole buddy. another episode. Yeah, but it's But they're more open to, right. yeah, I'm going to see my therapist. Yeah. Like, we have a family member where he'll let you know, no, I can't do that. My therapist said, I'm not doing that. Like you, good for you. I like, like boundaries. I'm yeah. like, yes, you better have these boundaries, yes. but just make sure it's within reason. Yeah. And yeah. so, just a lot of other, I mean, not just that person, but many people. It's like we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of our mental health. Even as a therapist, because my parents, I'm I'm a little older than y'all. Uh, but even my parents that are in their 80s, mm-hmm. they love the fact that their daughter is a therapist. But if I say to my mom or my dad, you know, you guys, you should probably go to therapy and talk about that. You know, yeah, no, I'm not going to go tell nobody my problems. That's how I make my living. You know, yeah, you do a great job at it. So, yeah, the stigma remains in those certain generations for sure. Mm-hmm. Or, again, it's for that Anytime somebody does something wrong, then you just need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, why do they need to go to therapy, but you don't need to go to therapy? Because I see the same crazy over here that you're <laughs> saying is crazy over here. But, it, <laughs> but again, because I, I honestly feel like we all have a little crazy in us mm-hmm. or a little confusion or a little sadness or a little something that a therapist can speak to. At some point, if, if we implement that, walk out of the doctor's office with your PCP, walk into your therapist's office. If we implement that, then I think that will also take away the stigma for it. Because, and also, like, I think you mentioned this earlier, a lot of insurance companies are paying for therapy for people. And so there really is no excuse. And, but what I want you to do, because we're getting ready to wrap up the episode, is for the person that listen to this and they have discovered, you know what, I need some help. Like, I've done this. I've taken myself as far as I can take myself. I've used my friends as my therapist. I've used my pastor as my therapist. I've used my favorite televangelist as my my therapist. Um, And like you said, that's the easy part. After feeling good for an hour and a half on a Sunday – I still want to drive off the proverbial cliff right. in a couple, within a couple of hours. So what would be the next steps for, like, what would you suggest to that person? Mm-hmm. Um, that you find yourself a therapist. Um, if you have a friend that you know that goes to therapy, ask them. If it's something that's embarrassing for you, then make sure it's somebody that you can trust, that you feel safe with. If it's not a person, then simply go to your um, 
your insurance company. If you don't have insurance, Google. There are some agencies that may be able to see you at a discounted rate, some that may be able to, uh, may be willing to give you a few free sessions even, um, but you'd have to Google something like that. But find somebody that is licensed, that is licensed, that is licensed. Right that is licensed credentialed, um, not because bootleg. there are so many people <laughs> that know information, but they don't know technique and they can get you to a, get you Jeez. to an edge that they won't know how to pull you back from. Jesus. And you want to make sure that you are in safe, uh, equipped hands. So you can Google, find people, you can go to your insurance company and find people. If you have a friend again, that may be in therapy, ask them how they went about finding their therapist and you can filter through and uh, have the exact person that you desire to have, but go to therapy. Don't try to do it on your own. Amen. But I have more questions. Um, and I can tell that producer Bay has some more questions and I'm sure the people listening have some more questions. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a part two to this episode to Sounds get into good. some more, do a little bit more of a deep dive. Because I also know that, yes, we were telling the people to go to therapy, but I also know there are some strategies mm -hmm. that they can put in, that we, everybody can put into place now as we're waiting for appointments maybe or yes. different things like that. And then also... I want to talk some more about that. Make sure you're talking to a licensed person because we have a lot of unlicensed experts getting people to the cliff and can't pull them back once they're at the cliff. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to continue this conversation. Let's do it. But y'all going to have to wait till next week. So thanks for joining us. We pray that something was said. We know that something was said that blessed you on today. So don't forget to share, subscribe, like, talk to us, talk back at us, let us know your favorite part of this episode, and we will see y'all back next week.